Welcome in, everybody, to Face to Face Sports here on WEHC 90.7 FM. I'm your host, Jordan Dove. For those who may not know, this show discusses all of the latest local and national sports topics while also providing an outlet for those in athletics to talk a little bit about themselves. Today, I'm happy to welcome in Emery and Henry men's soccer coach, DDA Grier. He has been coaching the soccer program since 2020, but was an assistant from 2017 to 2019. Coach is also a graduate of Emory. Uh, playing soccer for four years at the school, leaving with the third most career saves at goal. And uh, without further ado, everyone, please welcome in to uh, Face to Face Sports Coach. How you doing, sir? Good. How are you? I'm doing Good very well. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm uh, I know we had been talking about doing this for a while, so uh, I'm glad we get to have you on here to talk a little bit about soccer. Yeah, absolutely. I've been a little bit busy, but I'm, I'm happy I've been been able to find some time for you. Yes, sir. Yeah, we. I really appreciate it. Um, let's let's start out and uh, go back a little bit, um, if we can. So, uh, growing up, how did the interest in soccer come about for you? Um, well, I mean, it was. I started playing really early, pretty much as soon as I could walk and run around. My my father's from France, um, and so he introduced me to the game very early, and it was, it was essentially the only sport I ever really played. Um, so, um, I guess just being in touch with my friend's roots, I've always enjoyed the game. So that was how I got introduced to it. Yeah. And I, and I understand you attended uh, high school in Charlotte, North Carolina. You, uh, uh, you competed not only in in soccer, but also the swimming and pole vault teams as well. Um, what offers were you looking at, uh, for soccer and how did you ultimately decide, uh, to choose soccer and also to attend Emory? Um, well, soccer was always my first, um, my first love and, uh, swimming. My mom was a swimmer, so she had a swim over the summers for our neighborhood pool. Um, just kind of keep us active and keep us engaged with athletics. Um, pole vaulting was actually, uh, one that I, I never expected to do. So I, I ended up pole vaulting because I went out for the track team to run, stay in shape for soccer. Track was in the spring, soccer was in the fall in Charlotte. And, um, you know, I started running and I wasn't really enjoying it. Um, so I, I wanted to do some of the jumps. I just wanted to see what type of events that I would like in track. So um tried log jumps, tried triple jumps, tried the high jumps. And then I finally asked the coach if I could try the pole vault. And he laughed. He's like, no, no, we don't have a pole that's big enough for you. I was like, no, no, let me try it. And he finally let me try it, and that was that. After my first vault, I was like, yeah, I definitely want to do this more. Um, and so, yeah, I actually ended up by my senior year finishing second in the conference for pole vaulting. Wow, incredible. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I come from the, the track background myself, and so I understand, you know, that, that grind and everything. But I'm sure the um, I'm sure being a part of those other sports really helped with your soccer, didn't it? Especially in the conditioning um, aspect. Yeah, I mean, especially especially swimming, it's probably the best workout you can get, um, despite what me, most people think. The swimming really helped me stay in shape during the winter and over the summers going into the soccer season. Um, and as far as looking at offers, you know, um, Emory and Henry is by far the, the best uh, academic choice for me. Um, that was something I struggled with in school. I went to school with over 2,000 kids. Um, and it was really the Emory and Henry academics that, that attracted me because I knew I would need that extra help, that small classroom size to, 
to really get through um, college the way I wanted to. Um, and even athletically, I had trouble getting recruited because of my bad grades in high school. So that was another reason why um, Emory and Henry was such a good choice for me because it was kind of like I could kind of solve um, both issues. You know, I can get recruited and go play at a college level, but I can also have a better academic career uh, at Emory than I ever did before. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, you end up going to Emory. You, like I said earlier, you were very accomplished uh, goalie. You left with the third most saves. Correct me on this on these stats if I'm wrong, please. You left with the third yep. most career saves, and you were also uh, you also held the record for wins and shutouts. Um, yeah, yeah, very, very accomplished. Um, during that during that time uh, where you were playing, what would you say you learned from uh, your coaches that you still uh, implement to this day? Yeah, actually. So I actually had the same coach um, for all four years. And then I worked with him for three years after that. And um, I think what I learned most from him was, um, you know, how to balance everything outside of soccer. Um, but as I mentioned before, that was something I struggled with at the high school level. It was kind of about all soccer, 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 sports, sports, sports. Um, and that was kind of the only way I excelled in high school and middle school and and travel ball and stuff like that. But um, he really taught me to emphasize the other things, you know, classroom, uh, academic, social life, um, and, and learn the importance of those and how they can help you become a better player, um, not just off the field, but on the field. When you, you allow yourself to relax and, and step away from that competitive nature and, and really just enjoy the other aspects of life. Cause, before then, all I thought about was sports and winning, winning, winning. Um, and when I came here in Emory and Henry, we only had a roster of about 13, 14 players, and a lot of them were walk-ons. Um, so it was, uh, it was very difficult for me, who had come from a very competitive high school, um, to go through those games and not be able to be competitive. But, um, you know, my coach kind of helped me l- learn that, being a teammate is more than just being a good player. You have to be able to help your teammates grow as well. And that's something that as I got older, I got much better at was helping my teammates get better. Um, and then in turn, our team got better because of it. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure a lot of lessons uh, learned during that time. And um, do you remember the moment you, it might've come before college, honestly, but the, the moment you realized you wanted to coach soccer someday. Um, yeah, actually I do. Um, so funny enough, I came in as a bio major, switched to business and really wasn't enjoying it. I went over home for summer and, um, I couldn't believe it, but I was actually thinking about changing my major again. I was thinking, why would I want to do this? But, uh, because, you know, changing majors, it puts a delay on your graduation and everything. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I really just wasn't enjoying my studies anymore. Um, and from the age 16 to 24, I coached a neighborhood swim team at my neighborhood growing up, the same one my mom had us swim for. And I remember it was about halfway through that summer summer league swim season where I just thought to myself, you know, I actually really enjoy coaching. Um, and, you know, at that time, I think I was a, a junior in college or going into my junior year. And... You know, my coach had given me that perspective of not just trying to be my best player, but trying to help everybody on the team be the best player so that we could all be better teammates. 
Um, and he was getting through to me that way at the college level. And then back home at the recreational level, I was really enjoying coaching these, uh, these swimmers. Um, so it was actually coaching swimming when I realized that I actually wanted to coach. Now I had coached private lessons for soccer and stuff before, but I'd never really thought about coaching seriously until that summer when I was coaching um, the swim team, which is funny because then I was like, well, if I enjoy this coaching swimming, imagine how much I'd enjoy coaching the sport I love the most. So that's how I ended up uh, deciding to change my major for a final time to sports management and uh, kind of get into coaching right out of college. Yeah, yeah. And explain um, explain how, what that whole process was like. You were hired first as an assistant. Explain how you were hired as an assistant in 2017 and then later as a as the uh, the head coach. Yeah, so actually the, the year before I was hired, um, I did an internship with Rob Richardson, the, the coach before me who had, took, who had been my coach. I did an internship because I needed one to graduate. And um, I did it that spring after my senior season. And I really enjoyed it, and I was learning a lot. And um, he kind of just – he knew I was going to do a fifth-year school. So he actually asked me if I wanted to come back and coach again. So that next year, I was a volunteer coach for the whole year. And then as I was approaching my graduation, um, it was about a month before graduation where Rob came to me. I was actually working at the pool as a lifeguard here at Emory & Henry. And I was um, I was just doing my work like a regular day. And he actually came to me and he offered me the part-time job um, because at the time the assistant position was part-time. And I told him I'd think about it because I, I did have intentions of going home to Charlotte. Um, but I thought about it some more. I talked to my parents some more, and I just thought a college coaching job straight out of college is something I can't really turn down. So I didn't, and um, I decided to stay. And then really leaving never really crossed my mind ever since. Um, and so going into – I was an assistant for about three years, I guess, and then going into the COVID season – uh, which was 2020, um, Rob called me and he said, you know, can we meet for breakfast? And that's when he told me that he was stepping down. And um, I was pretty upset and I was thinking, well, I mean, maybe maybe I'll leave too. I wasn't quite sure. Um, but then the next day, um, Ann Crutchfield called and asked if I would want to be the interim head coach. And I just thought, I mean, again, it was kind of a no-brainer for me. I thought, of course, absolutely. I didn't hesitate at all on the phone. Um, then after the next season, um, I, she offered me the, the full-time job. And, you know, like I said, it was kind of a no-brainer again. And, you know, even to this day, I don't think I'll ever um, plan on leaving because it's just home for me here now. And um, I'm just forever grateful for it. Yes, yeah, absolutely, and and what a great story, you know, uh, you know, thinking you're you're about to leave, and then the next day, you know, boom, the opportunity, you know, literally calls for you. Um, wow, and it, does it feel like? I mean, it's been it's been three years now. Does it feel like it, or no, no, no? It doesn't feel like three years. It feels like twenty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, all of it, all of it feels like a, a lot longer time. Uh, time period than it actually was it's, it's kind of flown by um but no i've always i've always been very grateful for this place it's, it's offered me so many opportunities that as i mentioned before i wouldn't have had elsewhere um 
and it's it's honestly just the gift that keeps giving like i said um you know from being able to play here to then having a job straight out of college and, and then just continuing to be given gifts of being able to coach at higher higher levels here and um no, I'm, I'm internally grateful for it. Coach, I wonder if you could talk uh, a little bit about your coaching philosophy. Anything specific uh, you like to advise your players on? Um, just being a good teammate. Um, if, if you're good teammates, if you can encourage each other, you push each other, um, you respect one another, um, usually the results uh, come out better. Um, just trying to stay positive in these hard times. You know, we're going through a very hard transition. Um, mm-hmm. The stack is probably the top division two conference in the country when it comes to men's soccer. And, um, you know, it's been a bit of a shock for some of the guys on the team, but every game they're improving every training session, they're coming out working hard so that, you know, we can prove that we do belong in this conference. Yeah. I'm sure you guys work really, really hard. And, uh, what does a, uh, take me through a typical practice week for you guys. What does that look like? Yeah. So it depends on if we have a midweek game or not. Um, but typically, we'll, they'll train uh, in the weight room twice a week, usually. We'll usually get about three or four training sessions on the field. The day before games are usually no more than an hour. They're a little bit lighter to keep them rested. Um, the longest training session will be probably two hours, usually nothing more than that. But the average training session is about an hour and a half. Um, and, you know, just depending on who the opponent is, or, you know, what I think are some weaknesses I've addressed in the last few games. Um, that's what me and Coach uh, Mello will sit in the office and think about training and think about what we need to work on. Right, right. What about um, after a match? How? Uh, what do you usually evaluate or what do you usually look for um, with your players after a match? Yeah, so after a game, um, we always get the film back and we look to go through the film, look at some weaknesses. Usually just trying to break down how they were able to score, how we were able to score. Um, we, we usually look at some uh, possession stats to see how we how we were keeping the ball. Um, we have a software that runs those types of stats for us. Um, but typically, we look for our weaknesses and how we've been getting scored on um, or how we've been able to score on other teams and so that we can try and emphasis, emphasize on that. And uh, let's talk about before the season and and uh, recruiting for a little bit. How do you typically recruit, and what do you look for uh, in a potential player? Well, I usually try to look for versatile players who can play um, multiple positions, who can play with their right foot or their left foot. Um, I usually try to get them on campus so I can get to know what type of person they are. Um, not just what type of player they are, and that's something that um, Rob, my my la- the last head coach, my mentor, you know, always taught me to to try and do, and usually try and get to know their parents as well, because a lot of times, despite um, not wanting to, kids are usually reflections of their parents. Um, as much as they fight it, as much as I fought it when I was a young kid, um, but kids are usually reflections of their parents, and if you can get to know their parents, you can get to know them. You'll know what type of kid is coming into your program. Um, but usually I try to just build off of the players we have. Um, you know, just try to make sure that we're always bringing in better players, more players to kind of push each other in training. Yeah, um, that's great. Uh, 
you I mean, obviously we talked about your uh, your goalie days and everything. Um, I can't remember. I asked a coach this one time. I can't remember who, but they had specialized in a specific position, and I asked if they were able to uh, give advice on that position uh, because they had played it, you know, more than the others. With your goalies, what kind of uh, advice and tips can you give them? Because you, you were very, very accomplished at Emory. Um, well, the goalkeeper position is all about confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't necessarily matter if it's real or fake. If you play with confidence, it'll come. You know, um, you just have to be confident. You have to be aggressive. Um, you got to be fearless in the goal. Because in a lot of times when you're playing that position, you're putting yourself in compromising positions where you're likely to get hurt or kicked or stepped on. Um, so confidence is the main thing you got to coach a goalkeeper. Um, the rest of the stuff is kind of things that you can teach. You know, you can teach them how to catch. You can teach them proper technique. But the confidence and the aggression uh, is something that they kind of have to work on themselves. They have to build that up themselves. And uh, a lot of times when you're in the goal, you're, it's kind of just you back there. And, um, you know, nobody really notices the goalie until we get scored on. And then all of a sudden, everything's our fault. It doesn't matter that there's 10 people in front of us. It's every, we're always the ones that catch the blame. And the stats, uh, you know, all the goals go next to our name. It doesn't go next to the defender's name. It just goes next to our name. So um, it's really easy to beat yourself up as a goalkeeper, especially if you're getting scored on a lot. So confidence is the main thing that I, I like to coach in my goalkeepers and so that um, – you know, they understand because, you know, you, you got to have a positive mindset in there because you're going to face more shots um, every single game. And if you're still thinking about the last goal you let up, you're not going to be able to make the next save. Mm-hmm. It also takes a special person to run into a soccer ball coming at you like that, too. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, uh, it does. At least they I... say all goalkeepers crazy. Yeah. They say what? They say all goalkeepers are crazy. Yeah. Yeah, especially and and another thing too is, um, you know, when the game is tied too, and and, and time is is run down and everything. I mean, you really got to be on your A game. You really uh, cannot let up in those moments. It really takes a special person to be in that position. Yeah, actually, I think the hardest um, the hardest games to play as a goalkeeper are the ones where you're not facing a lot of shots, mm-hmm. um, where you're only going to get two or three shots on you in a game and you have to make those two or three saves and um those shots could come 30 minutes apart they could come three minutes apart you just never know right right exactly um talk talk a little bit about this uh, you you mentioned it a little bit earlier but um talk about this transition to um division two what is the uh competition look like so far this season as opposed to uh the years prior yeah, I mean, it's a very difficult transition. I think um, the biggest thing you, you notice with, with uh, the players we're playing against now is that in Division Three, you saw a lot of, you know, one-trick ponies. They're, they're, they're good at dribbling or they're, they're very physical or they're very fast. Um, in Division Two, everyone on the field is all of those things. Um, they're more complete players that we're playing against, and um, the whole team is made up of these complete players. And so I think that's the most difficult thing is that um, it's very hard to identify weaknesses in some of these players that we're playing against. Um, and that's kind of been the big shock for my players is that for 90 minutes, it's just 100,000 miles per hour, you know, and they're, they're going, 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 and that intensity 
and that physicality is something that we haven't been able to adjust to very quickly. Um, but it is, it, they are slowly adjusting. They're getting acclimated to it. And, um, you know, our, our results are starting to improve. And I'm proud of them. For- yeah, what is what what about the uh, the upperclassmen who have been here, especially the the seniors? How is their um, how have they been uh, in the in the transition? I'm sure it's it's been very different. Um, well, funny enough, I don't have many seniors or upperclassmen. Uh, my my team is mostly made up of freshmen and sophomores um, because when I took over the program, uh, we had 15 players. Um, and most of those have graduated. I think Spencer and Axel, two of our goalkeepers, are the only ones that were on that team that were that are upperclassmen now. Um, so most of our team is is very new. Um, and even one of our seniors and junior two two players, one of our seniors, one of our juniors are actually transfers that just came in last year. So um, the majority of the team has only played here last year or this season. I think that's been another big uh, challenge for us is that. You know, a lot of our players are still trying to, to get to know each other. It's not like these other programs that have had, um, you know, five, six, seven, eight seniors that have been playing together for four years. And so we're still forging those bonds and building that culture. Coach, I, I wonder if, you, if you'd like to take a moment and maybe introduce some of the players on the team. Um, and who's, who's – uh, well, actually, you can introduce all of them if you want. I was going to say, um, you know, some of the, the – players who've been uh, performing at a high level, but go ahead and uh, if you can, could you introduce some of the players on the team? Yeah. So I guess I'll, um, I'll start with our captain, um, our goalkeeper, Spencer Scott. He's been here for four years. Um, He is one of those players that's been here since from D3 to D2. Um, The next one is Louis Pereira Scott. He's a transfer. Um, He was over at Ferrum for a little bit. And then he came over here last season um, he's been scoring goals for us this year, and he's been one of our top performers. And then uh, Malolan Vera Valley, he is uh, a sophomore from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, he probably has the goal of the season right now that he scored against Carson Newman. It was beautiful, a um, couple of stepovers, and then took a shot with the, the weak foot in the top corner. Um, you know, those are our captains. Uh, a few other players, I guess, um, you know, we have Jado Masambeta. He's been a top performer as well. He is from, he went to school at Garinger in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, we have Jackson Hughes. He's a freshman that's been playing a lot of minutes this year. He's from, uh, I think, Jefferson City, Tennessee. I'm, I'm starting to get them all mixed up right now in my head. That's okay. That's um, all right. Sam Moles from Maryland. He's a center back. He's a freshman that's been playing a lot of minutes for us as well. Juan Gomez Rios from Mount Airy. He's um, he, he's been a real big player for us this year. He's, he's picked up a couple injuries here and there, but he's been able to play through them, so it hasn't been too devastating. Um, but you know, I, I could list off all 31, but I, I think I'll probably keep it right there and keep for time's sake. Yeah, no, that, that's that's perfect. I, uh, thank you for taking me through each of them. Um, I'm, you know, I I think about the the life of a uh, student athlete all the time, and I'm sure those guys work really hard. You know, balancing both studies and the games and the practice schedule and all that. So yeah, well, I appreciate yeah. you uh, uh, giving practice those give, the study halls. 
um, all my guys are great kids and I'm very proud to coach all of them. Um, like I said, I could sit here and list all of them, but, um, I don't really want to single any of them out. They're a team and, and they've been really growing and, and getting better together this year. And that's what I want to applaud them for is oh, being sure. a team. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, that's why, you know, this show, we want to give those guys a shout out because obviously they work extremely hard. Um, as a, as a coach, let me ask you, um, You've been coaching now for three years. What would you say gives you the biggest gratification uh, as a head coach? Um, just to see the team happy, playing well together, whether it's in practice or, or in games. Um, really kills me when they're down. You know, I really want to create a positive experience for them. Uh, and I think that's the biggest pressure on me is, you know, right now we're struggling for wins, and I, and I look at myself and I ask myself, every night before bed am i doing enough Mm -hmm. um but really to see the team happy see them playing well see them enjoying their time here like i said whether it's in practice or in the weight room or or in games that that's the main gratification that i get from it is just to see players enjoying their experience just the way i did when i was a player Mm -hmm. it has it has to be nice too to see i mean you have a player for four years and to, to see them, you know, from their first year to their last and see that improvement over time, I'm sure that has to be great, too. Yeah, the improvements on the field are always great to see. And then to see them kind of grow up as a person um, from their first year to their fourth year is, is pretty incredible as well. Um, you don't really realize it until they're graduating how much of their life you've been a part of mm-hmm. sometimes. Instead of just trying to take advantage of those little moments where you do kind of get to talk to them one, one-on-one and really get to know them or meet their parents or meet some more extended family. Um, you know, <laughs> you, you every now and then get to get to know they're dating and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's fun and, until sometimes they break up and that's not so fun. And, you know, you're there for them for those two. Um, so you, you're just, you're so involved with every aspect of their life for four years and then Next thing you know, they're gone. You know, it's it's a it's pretty crazy feeling sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, Coach, we have a, a few minutes left here on Face to Face Sports, but uh, I want I do want to ask you one more question. Any uh, any prediction on the World Cup this year? Oh, the French are going to take it. Gonna oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. First, French are going back to back. They won the uh, the last one, right? Absolutely. Oh yeah, you yeah. just said you just said back to back. I just okay, okay. Yeah. How about uh, what are what are some other teams? Who who do you think they can face? Who's looking good? I know Germany's usually good. Um, um I think Brazil has a strong uh, a strong roster. Mm-hmm. Um, believe it or not, I, I do think England's going to do better in the the World Cup than they've been doing in in regular uh, international break games. They've they've been really struggling for goals, really struggling for wins. But I do think with the talent on their team and the atmosphere of a World Cup and, and the, the nation behind their back, I think the, the English will do pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Brazil and France are probably the, the favorites right now. You also Actually, Belgium as well. Belgium's always very strong mm-hmm. in international competition. Um, but I'd say France and Brazil are my top picks right now. Awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited for you. Know, I I watch a lot of sports, but soccer's always been one I haven't watched as much. But every four years, you can bet that I'm I'm watching the World Cup. It's it's yeah, one yeah, of the, the World Cup is a, 
different animal when it, it comes to sports competition. It is because it's global, you know, and every every yeah. almost every you know whoever gets bids, you know, has it, there's there's just so much pride, you know, almost like the Olympics, you know, you're you know for once Definitely. the whole country is coming together. It's like okay, you know, we don't have to root against each other for our uh, country's teams, but we are the team, you know, together and going yeah. against everyone else. So there's so much pride in it. I yeah. love it. Uh, it's a lot yeah. of fun. Uh, yeah, well, well, uh, that's all I, the time we got today, Coach. But um, I want to thank you so much for for coming on today and uh, and sharing a little bit about your team. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, and uh, uh, we do want to uh, recognize the team. The, their next game is this Wednesday uh, on the road against Lenore Ryan. Uh, this was another edition of Face to Face Sports here on WEHC. I want to thank you all for tuning in once again. Uh, as always, special thanks to KLSU on LSU's campus for providing the necessary equipment. Tune in next week, same day, same time, Monday at 6.30 in the evening. Bye now.